Coming up on the Matt Townsend Show today, we're talking about service, which is a lot like air. You know, you really don't think about good service until it vanishes, and then suddenly it's everything. Service in business, in volunteer work, in life, after the news. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. The man suspected of sending letters containing the deadly poison ricin to President Obama and a senator has been arrested and charged. He says he sent the letters in an attempt to expose what he believes is a conspiracy to sell human body parts. Rescue authorities are searching for survivors in the rubble left behind after a massive explosion at a Texas fertilizer plant yesterday. The death toll from the explosion ranges from 5 to 15 people with over 160 injured. At an interfaith service for the victims of the Boston Marathon bombing, President Obama told mourners the city will run again. The president also vowed the people who carried out the attack will be found. The House passed a measure today allowing better sharing of information on cyber threats between the government and private companies. Critics warn the measure offers little protection for individuals' private information. The infant mortality rate in the U.S. dropped 12 percent from 2005 to 2011. Researchers say the welcome news could be due in part to fewer premature births. If you purchase the new $1,500 Google Glass specs, you better like them. The company is barring, barring resale of the device and will remotely deactivate the glasses if they are resold. In world news, North Korean leaders say they are willing to have a dialogue with other world powers if the United Nations will call off crippling trade sanctions. This could mean an end to the last two weeks of near-constant threats of military action. And South American leaders are rushing to recognize Nicolas Maduro as the new Venezuelan president, despite calls for a recount from both national opponents and U.S. authorities. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side, your customer service associate. That's what we're talking about on the show today. Welcome to the program, everybody. If I say the words customer service, for example, what store do you think of? What organization just immediately pops to mind? Honestly? Yeah. In and out Burger. Really? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Good. Merit? I'd have to go with Disneyland. Oh, they yeah. They got it down. Totally. Well, they also get to dress up. Which makes everyone happier. I mean, obviously. yeah. If you're dressed up like something that you're not, a then princess, you, then if you're having a, bad a day, dwarf, you know, an elf. Princess uh, isn't. What else? Matt, are you saying I'm not a princess? Oh, no. You're a princess. Oh, thank you. Actually, the, I remember... Years ago, my little sister was probably about five, and she tripped at Disneyland. Oh, yeah? How fast staff came out of nowhere to be yeah. like, are you okay? That's <laughs> called lawsuit people. prevention. Well, whatever it is. Get the girls some ice cream. Yeah. Hey, hey, self-serving <laughs> with a purpose right there. That's, That's what right. that is. Yeah, but it probably helps, doesn't it? So, uh, Skyboy, do you have a favorite, um, <laughs> favorite customer service company? No, but when you said customer service, the first thing I thought of was how many times I've had to call Apple. For iTunes problems, okay. And so I thought of customer service yeah. in that sense. Okay, here's the deal: you just hit a nerve. <laughs> Look, 
Apple, iTunes, messed up. Fix it, or my family will find you. Could I? Could that I share? Sounds really scary. Could I share a, a, a nice my, coincidence? Yeah, please. Uh, I had my own uh, problems with Apple, iTunes, and, yes. and uh, I got home for Christmas, and my dad was calling customer service and having lots of problems and had a huge headache. Lo and behold, we both kind of went on like a, a hate Apple rant kind yeah. of thing. Uh, found out we had the exact same problem, and we were both so angry about it, and we were getting the same bad help about and it. And now look at you. You and you don't have very many Apple products. I Well, yeah, you're, no, you're I You're very anti macbook for example i am i like computers at work just i see you like you look at mine you like covet it but you don't want to have it yeah all computers have problems the difference is do you want to pay three hundred dollars for it or three thousand i figured that out a long time ago i like and here's the deal i love apple you are my friends you are my people but when my teenage boys 16 and 18 who by the way are very uh, tech savvy come to me and say dad will you fix my itunes there's a problem because that 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 is the fat lady singing may i use a metaphor <laughs> that i'm not calling anybody names but that means we this is broken it's so broken that they're coming to the old man to fix it that's messed up makes you look bad Makes me look. You can't fix it. I, well, I can't. Yeah, and I don't even need to look bad. But when my kids can't fix it, we're hopeless at the Townsend home. So, yeah. Now, I've, I've actually never tried their customer service, but I just know whatever their their iTunes engineering maddening. I love like it's most like Apple it's like the products. Ebola virus. By the way, I don't know. I just no. don't like iTunes. Apples can't get viruses. Well, this makes me mad. Boy, you lit me up. Look what you did, BT. Did you start this? No, Skyboy. Nope, that was Skyler. That was Skyler. We make Blame you feel him. happy again. Sky. Blame him or thank him. I, I really. That's a good example. I know I've never called customer service for this. I've only. I have a lot of Apple products, and I've only had to call them for iTunes. Really? What? Yes. Well, have you fixed it? Because I, you could just do mine then. Yeah, I've got them fixed. So they so, do help. Oh, they do actually. It's help. Just yeah, frustrating. What if I just paid you? I don't know, twenty bucks to fix it. Fix mine now. What's your? Well, we'll have to see what the problem is. Oh yeah. Well, call my son. Because I don't know how to explain it to you. <sighs> yeah, that's a good example. Okay, that's it. And Apple, you know, we love you. Just, Just fix iTunes. Fix iTunes, for heaven's sakes. If you, you know, unless you want my sons to... Stop using. Stop using, which I don't know how we would do that. Because <laughs> I don't know how to get it off any of my equipment now. <laughs> anyway, pernicious. Okay, so uh, I've got one. Last night... Took my family and extended family. We all went to dinner, but we went to this event, and then after the event, we went to dinner. The place closed at 9 o'clock. We arrived at 9.10. Now, what would you do? I'm sorry, sir. The restaurant is now closed. Yeah. You'd think that that's what they said. And this really hits a nerve for all of us. For those of you who don't live in Utah, most other places close around 10 or 11.00. Right. In Utah, 9 o'clock might as well be midnight. It's the witching hour. It well, is. There's a lot of other great states like Nebraska and South Dakota that yeah. share the similar hours to Utah. So if you if you want to eat after 9, you have to go to other states. <laughs> Texas. It's, it's Taco Bell or California, another state. Vegas, Those are your Nevada options. Nevada and Vegas. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's very true. So at nine o'clock, I, we go in there, and most of us just stayed outside because, like, they're gonna like they're gonna open their doors at nine ten when a group of only seven or eight show up, and the manager's like, "Come on in," and we're like, "What?" And she says, "You know what? We're here anyway for the next two hours cleaning up. So come on in." Wow. And then we said, "How well, big we, of a group were you bringing?" Just in? Eight. But wow. I, I'm like, well, we want to we want to eat, and they're like, oh, oh, you want to eat? Okay, never mind, you can't come in. <laughs> no, but and they actually they brought us the food. They didn't care. They were tons of fun. Can we know what restaurant? <sighs> yeah, but you won't believe it because it has a different reputation down here near the universe. A brick oven. Uh, hmm. Interesting. Huh. It's a pizza place, but up this was up in Salt Lake, and you know what? They they were amazing customer service. So guess what we did. We tipped twelve percent. That's how much we loved them. We oh, we I dug hope, deep. No, we dug deep. Better than that. We dug deep into our pocket and we tipped twelve percent. Normally we'd go with a tenner, but we did we did twelve percent. Wait, isn't the default for like eight parties of eight like eighteen percent? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, but you know what? We don't do percentages. We're not math people. You're, so they, we. You're Ten's there, easy. You were Ten there we eat. can figure out. Yeah, not to math. Yeah, we don't do. Yeah, math. I hope it wasn't one of those. How much do I have in my wallet? Tips. Ah, five dollars. So you know, That's we honestly generous. we tipped her up. Margie, by the way, Margie was her name, and she was wondering why we were all dressed up. And she's like, hey, "Did you guys go to a party or something fun like that?" And we're like, "No, funeral." <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, sorry." I'm like, "It's okay. I was just my wife. Twenty years." No the sympathy know. card. That's how you got in the yeah, restaurant. That's exactly. How we got Play it, it. Yeah. always. And then I had my son limp. <laughs> he was limping in. Limp, Larry. Limp. I have a son named Larry. So uh, customer service, it's a big deal. Starts quoting Tiny Tim you know, lines. <laughs> God bless us, everyone. Thanks, Tiny. Um, we're talking customer service. It's a big, big deal. And it shouldn't be a big deal because it should just be the norm. Everywhere you go, they should just let you in after hours. Right? They should tip you well. They should bring you more than you've even asked for. Not crazy, by the way. True fact, she forgot to she forgot to put on our bill um, our salads. Hmm. And we told her, "Hey, Margie, you forgot our salads." And she's like, oh, "Thank you. That would have been bad." And then I go, "Well, there goes your tip because we're now paying for <laughs> salads." So anyway, but we were honest with her because she was good to us. See how that works? For your honesty, she comped your entire meal. She should have. But she got a great tip, 12%. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. Because if anything, That's 2% I mean, more than I'm normal. one of the cheapest people on the planet. And if I'm putting below 20, yeah. it means something was broken. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you're weird. You just order cheap items of food and that helps, but what did it my sister's my sister used to be a waitress, so she won't allow anything less than twenty. That's just I thought that was just that was the rule. I think it 20%. is twenty percent. So we gave her twenty one percent. No, the deal is you give twenty percent and a penny. And the penny says that was hard to find. It's like so the that price is like, right. It's like a gold medal, but it's bronze. Is it bronze? I what always, is it? I, it's oh. uh, copper. I always feel rude doing this, yeah, but look, you, you can fill the tip like in on the uh, receipt, and you go, okay, well, but if I add like an extra 11 cents, it rounds out to a perfect dollar or something. Yeah, do you do that? Do you yeah, round it? Yeah, I do that. I don't. I want it complicated. Plus, I'm afraid I'll round it like $10. <laughs> I don't. Again, I don't do math. I'm a doctor of relationships. Uh, okay, so tell me some stuff. I know there's got to be some examples of some healthy customer service out there. 
right? What about over-enthusiastic? Is there such a thing as too much? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know, because I have some pretty I guess it depends what you're... Legendary what you're, stories. Okay, what? Let's Charity. Hear. There was a guy, his name was Peter, and he was going on a flight. And right before he went on the flight, he tweeted out to Morton Steakhouse. He's like, meet, meet, me with, meet me with dinner when I get back. I'm really hungry. And he obviously meant it as a joke. Joke. But when he got off the plane, there was a man in a tuxedo who had a 24-ounce steak, shrimp, potatoes, bread, napkins, and silverware that is so waiting cool. for him. That's awesome. It is awesome. Well, that was Morton's Steakhouse? It was Morton's Steakhouse. Okay, I got to write that down. Because <laughs> I'm going to try that. I'm going to do it on the radio show. Hmm. <laughs> Because seriously, that is so cool. Yeah. So he was trying to f- rack up everything that he, that would have taken to get yeah. him his dinner. So someone had to notice the tweet, get approval for their idea, yeah. make the food, and then drive the food 25 miles to the airport. Rent a tux. <laughs> exactly. Only to have the tweeter be a real jerk. Be like, oh, it's, you overcooked it. Oh, I, I wanted medium. <laughs> oh, and find out his flight information. So. That is amazing. It's pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. Morton's that, you rock. I like, uh, I don't know, filet mignon, um, medium, <laughs> probably medium. Uh, I'd like probably the um, garlic mashed potatoes would work well for me. A salad, maybe a little blue cheese. And I'll be done with the show <laughs> at about 4.35 Mountain Time, which is about 6.30 uh, Eastern Time. Our address... <laughs> 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 at BYU Broadcasting. I don't know what it is. I don't know. <laughs> 701 University Parkway. Yes. Just check in with the front desk and have them page me. <laughs> I'll be in a meeting. Thank you, Mortons. I don't think, is there a Morton Steakhouse in Utah? No, I don't think so. Let's see how good they are. Uh, I want to see, see how them deliver. I love that. That's cool. Give me more, okay, Merit. Another one? Okay. Um, there was a man who was snowed in during the winter, an old man. He was a World War II veteran. Sad. And his daughter was trying to get somebody to deliver his groceries so that he could eat one yeah, of those basic not things. Die. Yeah. But nobody was doing it, and nobody delivers groceries anymore, really. Why? That seems, yeah, like, that seems like a moneymaker. But Trader Joe's, once they heard the problem, they not only sent him his groceries, but made them perfect for his. Mandatory low sodium diet. Holy and cow! Didn't charge, but just said. Merry Called Christmas. a dietitian in. Yeah, I, I'm starting to see a theme here. Yes, we've mentioned In and Out Burger. Yes, California, Disneyland, California. Yeah, Morton Steakhouse, California. Are they from California? Trader Joe's, California. I think it's California. Is that the trend? I don't know. It's I'm starting it's to see something there, there and though. people are happy. How about this one? Advertising, 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 advertising. Big ad agencies, probably New York, smart and people that are figuring <laughs> California. out. California, and notice all the play it gets. I like that one because, well, what's funny is some cute little old man, probably eighty, ninety years old, is now eating all of this kind of weird gourmet Trader Joe's food. <laughs> He's like, I need some of my Cajun popcorn. You know what I mean? It's that's cute. That's real, and probably saved his life. It's true. That's cool. Way to go, Trader Joe's. I personally like pretty much anything from Trader Joe's. And again, our address here at at Brigham Young Broadcasting, BYU Broadcasting, is 701 University Parkway. Trader Joe's, we're here for you. Okay, I got one more for you. Yeah, Merritt. There was a lady who was going on a trip to South America and Antarctica. Mm. And she stopped in Santiago. She stopped at a Ritz-Carlton to stay the night. There you go. And they lost one of her bags. And it just happened to be the bag that... 
had all of her souvenirs for her grandchildren. Oh, no. Including two stuffed penguins. And they <sighs> couldn't find it before she left. And Depressing. They felt super bad about it. But then a few weeks later, <clears throat> they had sent two brand new stuffed penguins along with the storybook as to how it's why it took them so long to get there. Uh, wow. With picture proof. And the penguins had their own souvenirs. Their names were Magdalena and Claudio. And Holy they sent them cow. to their grandchildren. Ritz Carlton. Yes. You know what? And Ritz Carlton are notorious for customer service. Do you know what their um, mission statement is for their company? We are ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. So when a lady loses her bag, actually when they lose a lady's bag, they go out of their way as ladies and gentlemen to make it right for the lady. I like that. I think it's really cool. Uh, in fact, I wouldn't even mind a two-bedroom villa at Ritz-Carlton anywhere worldwide. Take my family. We're planning to travel all over. 701 University Park. Wait. <laughs> Ritz-Carlton, we're here for you. Oh, jeez. No, really, but I think that's cool. Those are perfect examples, Merritt. And you just you didn't have to probably look very hard for those. Oh, you did? Okay. <laughs> because you'd think that every hotel chain would understand the importance of if you lose someone's luggage. How many times have you lost your luggage and they're like, oh, bummer. <laughs> bummer for you. No, you lost my luggage. Yeah, golly. We got to get better at that. <laughs> yeah, you do. So now, if you want your luggage found or at least replaced in a better way, Ritz-Carlton. Better hope the hotel loses it, not the airline. And we're not endorsing anybody, but these are just great examples. Now, some people would say, well, Rich Carlton could do it because their rooms are like $400. Come on. Well, a lot of times, too, it's not even a big – we were mentioning big chains here, but some of the best customer service I've had are from small – Oh, yeah, mom and pop. pop exactly. places at a store here in Utah. A um, woman was shopping with her child, suffers uh, Down syndrome, mm. and he has an iPad. Because uh, Down syndrome, it's, it's good at learning more motor coordination yeah. and the touch screen. And somebody in the store stole it. Oh, man. But the manager went to the trouble to they pulled the cameras up and looked through all the tapes trying to figure out what happened to it. Um, there wasn't a lot they could do. The staff of the store so – this is, I, don't, I doubt it was coming out of store money. The staff of the store pulled That's some money together. Cool. Got the kid in replacement iPad. And what? And out of their pocket, probably. Yeah, it sounded like out of their own the employee's own pocket. Now talk about full circle. Now we're back to Apple again. See, so now that Apple hears this, he should buy every one of those employees and give them all an iPad. That'd be great. And then send one here to University. <laughs> no, don't. We can't promote products. No, that's payola. Yeah, we're not that's doing bad. that. We're not trying to get you to send us stuff. We're just testing if you actually would. Medium, medium. So I like my filet mignon. We're talking customer service and service overall. Apparently, you know, it pays to serve and to be, um, especially in our new world where uh, it's so easy to go find a competitor that might do it better, faster than others. Today's the day to learn good customer service. Think about it in your own job, in your own life, in your own marriage, in your own family. Are you caught up in the service uh, of others. That's what we're talking about on the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. The latest new invention down on the farm is self-heating chickens. We'll give you the straight poop on how it works. This is Innovation Now. 
bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. Tria Systems is a small company with a big idea for poultry farmers. Farm-raised chickens are raised in large barns which need expensive heating in cold weather, usually from bottled gas. Tria System uses the chicken's own waste products to generate most of the heat required. When you raise a lot of chickens, they generate a lot of waste, which is usually stored in some kind of shed for processing. The natural breakdown process of this waste works like a compost pile, generating heat well over 100 degrees. Tria Systems captures this naturally occurring heat using recirculating fluid and underground pipes. The warmed fluid runs to heat exchangers in the chicken coops and back out to the waste storage unit. Combined with solar thermal collectors on the barn roof, the poultry operation can be self-heating all winter long without any additional heat source, except the chickens themselves. The waste eventually winds up as fertilizer for crops, some of which may end up as chicken feed again. Such cogeneration projects are models for more sustainable agricultural operations down the road. Or across it. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Not a morning person? Well, then you obviously aren't listening to The Morning Show with Marcus Smith and the team. They can get any day off to a good start. Tune in for intriguing interviews, today's top stories, and a few laughs in between. Hey there, <laughs> The Morning Show. Break a leg. <laughs> now, The Morning Show. Join us weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern for The Morning Show here on BYU Radio. Talk about good. Welcome back, everybody, to the customer service capital of the world, the Matt Townsend Show. We're talking about the importance of service, serving others, and, uh, you know, whether it's in a business and customer service, the, the power of truly connecting through good service, or just, you know, serving your neighbor, helping others, taking care of people, giving an iPad to a, a little boy who lost his iPad. That's just good human nature right there. Now, in this uh, in this little block, because we've been talking about customer service, you know, customer service affects every one of us every time we open our wallets. And there's nothing worse than poor customer service. I bet this has happened to you. You see those commercials for one of the big banks. And you've never banked with them, but after persistent marketing, some feature gimmick finally catches your attention. Anyway, you cave and go open an account. Well, that happened to me, too. Ten years ago, I was a new wide-eyed freshman at BYU and a recruiter standing outside of the school bookstore. I think he was a branch manager. Anyway, he convinced me that big bank name remains anonymous should be my next stage in my financial adventure. I could build credit, have a debit card that worked on campus, and there were branches everywhere. I thought, hey, I get a free t-shirt too if I set up overdraft protection. All right, let's do this. But that's where the party ended. Winter came. I took a very modest entry-level radio job 20 minutes away, and I'd return home with my two-week paycheck of literally $25. So I rolled my coach through the big bank anonymous drive through deposited my check, and I was off to spend my hardly earned money. Whipped out that debit card and bought myself a $5 pizza. Went over to the auto store, used it to buy some engine oil, and then spinning on my toes, a 180, I went back inside the store because I forgot to buy some wiper blades. A grand total of $18. 
Then I opened my online statement, and I saw a bank balance of... Negative $83. What? My teenage mind was screaming. 25 minus 18 is 7. Negative 83. That math just doesn't add up, and I should know. I took AP Calculus. Well, it turns out, at least at the time, Big Bank Anonymous wouldn't immediately deposit even the most modest of paychecks into your account. You'd have to sit till the end of the business day. And even then, Big Bank Anonymous processes the debits before the deposits. And even though they gave me a t-shirt, the branch manager never properly set up my overdraft protection. So my pizza was hit with a $30 fee. My engine oil, $30 fee. And because I forgot the windshield wipers and ran my card again, $30 fee. Oh, Monday morning I stormed in that branch. I told them I was dissatisfied and I wanted the overdraft fees waived or I would take my money and leave. Well, the branch manager wouldn't hear that. Oh, Mr. Sanders, you actually need to write us a check for $83. Then you can go. Oh, man, that night I shredded all of my Wells Fargo, uh, well-placed bank documents. I shredded my debit card. I even shredded the T-shirt they gave me. And I vowed to never use a big bank ever again. I hope your experience has been better. For me, it wasn't about the money. It was the lack of sympathy the branch manager gave me. He almost had this air of, hey, don't let the door hit you on the way out. We got plenty of other people to come bank with us. Big Bank Anonymous makes me mad. I know. But to be fair, I mean, I was 18 years old and I've since found out Big Bank Anonymous is actually probably one of the better of the big five yeah. banks. They're less likely to mess you over. But uh, I'm going to speak to um, four speeches to little banks. Oh, yeah? And guess what they want me to talk about? How to increase their fees? Customer service. Oh. How to improve our relationships with the people we're trying to serve. And apparently, get rid of your fees would be one way. Well, I, and I think at the time, I said, well, this guy's just some doofus 18-year-old. You know, what's that matter? But I vowed I'm never going back to this bank again, and I never have. And I don't care if I become a millionaire someday. I never will. Right. They're never well, see, touching a dime. Well, and now notice this. And you've been very careful not to name names. But um, we know who it is. I know who they are. Skyboy knows who they are, even though Skyboy doesn't bank ever since the illegal transaction. Well, he has that cool safe that's built in the mattress thing. That's you know? true. And so um, but what's amazing about it is one bad event, and you can actually spoil an entire family against a bank. Mm-hmm. You can spoil an entire community. I well, mean, s- Someday I'll marry. Yeah. And if my wife is with this bank, Big Bank Anonymous, mm-hmm. we'll close her account and BBA. go to a credit union It's a deal else. breaker. It's a deal breaker. And so my, which, my children, where do you bank? I'm sorry. My children will probably <laughs> bank where I set up their accounts, yeah. and it won't be with this bank. <sighs> Never again in the Sanders family. Never again. Do not cross <laughs> the Sanders. <laughs> but that, to me, is really the point. In, um, so really, when you're doing anything in business with your neighbors, you know, even just if you're selling something like your bike or your lawnmower or something, all transactions are um, personal. So when I'm mad at big bank, I'm not mad. Real, I mean, the bank's what I hang the label on, but there's a person behind it. 
It's probably even the lady that told you about your fees or your fines, or was it just, did you just find it out in a letter? Um, no, I went on my online statement. Yeah, then did you, did you go in and talk to yeah, someone? And so I went into the branch. Do you remember manager who you talked to? Said, you remember the bran- what- it was the branch manager. I can picture myself. I was sitting facing east. What was their name? Come on. Uh, it was like Brian or something. Brian, you've uh, got a great memory. I can't. I can't remember. Do you think you'd pick him out in a lineup? Maybe it's been it's been a decade. Yeah, but still, you remember these things. So. We're going to bring on the pro. Susan Brooks has uh, written uh, a book called Serves You Right is the name of her book. And she's going to teach us the importance of customer service and really, I think, try to empower us to be um, a little stronger, a little better, to just value overall the power of serving other people and and really how it ends up serving us in return. We'll be back with author Susan Brooks. Right here after the Matt, after this break on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Where can you see seven-time Grammy winner Randy Travis in concert? At the Tuacon Amphitheater in Southern Utah. The country superstar will be there on April 19th to perform his greatest hits like On the Other Hand, Forever and Ever Amen, No Place Like Home, and Digging Up Bones. Tickets and more information can be found on tuacon.org. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Federal authorities in Boston are releasing photos of two men suspected of carrying out the Boston Marathon bombing. The photos come from various sources, including cell phone video and surveillance cameras from nearby stores. The man suspected of sending letters containing the deadly poison ricin to President Obama and a senator has been arrested and charged. He says he sent the letters in an attempt to expose what he believes is a conspiracy to sell human body parts on the black market. The search for survivors continues in the city of West Texas after a massive explosion at a fertilizer plant last night. Numerous surrounding buildings were severely damaged. Over 160 people were injured and several more were killed. The House passed a measure today allowing better sharing of information on cyber threats between the government and private companies. Critics warn the measure offers little protection for individuals' private information. The infant mortality rate in the U.S. dropped 12 percent from 2005 to 2011. Researchers say the welcome news could be due in part to fewer premature births. In world news, North Korean leaders say they are willing to have a dialogue with other world powers if the United Nations will call off crippling trade sanctions. This could mean an end to the last two weeks of near-constant threats of military action. And South American leaders are rushing to recognize Nicolas Maduro as the next Venezuelan president, despite calls for a recount from both national opponents and U.S. authorities. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, friends. Did you just hear the laser I just shot from my spaceship? It's pretty neat. This is the Matt Townsend Show, and we are talking today about service. And who better to talk about service than an author that wrote a book about it, 
Uh, Susan Brooks is a great friend of mine, uh, former CEO of a multi-million dollar retail uh, company. And the company, interestingly, was about – it was a corporate gifting company. They help for companies to put gifts together to give to their people or to their – you know, to their employees or to customers and things like that. So her whole life, she's been working on mastering this idea of gift giving and serving. She now goes out on the road, teaches service to other companies. She wrote a book, Serves You Right, and is currently writing another book, Outrageous, Courageous, and Highly Contagious. She is a good friend. And more importantly than anything, I think she does Zumba. And that's a big deal. So Susan Brooks, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Well, Matt, that Zumba end, you know, was a little bit of a <laughs> surprise, but I know. you're right. It's actually my husband that does the Zumba, but I, know, I go but, whenever I can. Oh, I remember, you, my dear. I remember when we were, we went to Aruba and did a speech together, and um, you're, and you were kept bringing up how your husband takes you to do Zumba, and like you, I think you were trying to motivate us to do Zumba. In fact, you even, I think, stood up at the <laughs> table and pulled a few Zumba moves. You know, it can happen. It can yeah. happen at any time. There's nothing like loosening up the body and moving moving those hips yeah. and getting into the music. It, that serves you the best. You know Absolutely what? true. And it sounds really exhausting for me, Susan. <laughs> I feel well, like... You ought to try it, you I'm, know? I'm getting old. Hardly. I don't want to talk about that part. Okay. Good. That's <laughs> Better actually... than the alternative, right, Matt? That's right. Well, you mean getting younger or getting dead? <laughs> Exactly. So either way, know, one next day that's a gift. That's right. I want to. I want to like me the way I am. That's that's the key. And really, the, here's the funny thing, Susan, because I watched your presentation too when we were in Aruba. You got killer energy. But the coolest thing about you is you're talking service, which already feels good. It seems like everybody understands the importance of service. And if, if we do, why aren't we very good at it? That's a really good question because as consumers or as employees, we certainly value the effort and the intention of uh, service. Now, of course, I really want to differentiate between customer service and what I call service enthusiasm. Mm. Uh, but the point is, to answer your first question, and then I'll get to the second one, is, you know, it, it takes a consciousness and it takes an engagement in order for people to care enough to not be scripted and to not go always by the rules, but to go with what's right. Uh, there is a terrific amount of numbness. Is that a word? Numbness. Uh, yeah. I, my people compassion. feel it all the time around me. Well, there you go. I don't know why. But... <laughs> I hope it's for the right reason. <laughs> but, you know, it's like people that are in um, healthcare arenas, people that are with big banks, like in the story that yeah. Rob was telling earlier, there's a lack of sympathy. And the reason is the volume and the pace of our lives has increased so that uh, an eight-hour day just isn't enough time for all the things that we need to accomplish. And so what ends up happening is the inventory becomes more important than the transaction with the customer, Oh sure. number one. Or, you know, I think of your wife. I mean, yeah. my heavens, Marnie, six 
children oh, and you. I know. Tell me about it. <laughs> Tell me about it. Seven children. And all that that takes, you know, there yeah. just isn't. And now with technology, there just isn't enough time. So we're we're into crossing off the to-do list instead of making the eye contact in a connection and yeah. a transaction and really having that experience with your customer that matters it, it's easier to just get it done and go on you know next yeah next. so it's more like survival mode right than it is service mode exactly and of course i'm um sitting here waiting for our conversation to begin and i'm listening to your news mm-hmm. you know the news of the day i mean it's a it's it's a very scary world right now yeah so sometimes those transactions that happen between you and a server uh might be the only eye contact and personal connection that we have all day long oh. And valuing that is what's really, really important. And another thing that came from that earlier conversation that you were talking about is that people say, well, it's just business. Right. But it's, it is personal. It is. Business is personal. And for us to forget that means that we're on automatic. And being on automatic is a, is a dangerous thing. Yeah. There's one of my favorite quotes um, is by Tip O'Neill the old, I think, Speaker of the mm-hmm. House, and he said, all politics are personal. That's right. And so, and I, to me, all business is personal. No matter what the transaction is, I, I want to transact with you in a way without, that we get results today. So we get the deal done effectively, right. efficiently, yet I don't want to hinder my ability to get it with you again tomorrow. I'd like to right. do another transaction tomorrow as well. Right, and to have one customer one time is not a customer. Mm-mm. That's a transaction. Yeah. And when I owned my own company, you know, my my goal was to be their gift provider for their personal use, their professional use, uh, not one time, but every time. And if as long as we were able to uh, exceed their expectations and deliver on the promise, there'd be no one else that could get their business. Oh that yeah. Customer was was ours. But as always, you know, you're as good as your last transaction. So, uh, and it's interesting hearing Rob talk about a story that happened 18 Uh years ago. He's still telling that story. Oh, yeah. And and again, 10 of us here know the bank. We know the bank. Mm -hmm. And now we didn't announce it, but uh, the funny thing about that whole thing is in the story, everyone else is out there thinking, oh, I'm sure it was this bank. Because they're the ones that messed me over. Exactly. and So it actually you know, spreads this energy, doesn't it? Well, what's interesting is that uh, I was a columnist for over a decade in writing marketplace, real-life service issues into the business journal hmm. here in Phoenix, Arizona. And I never mentioned the name because most of my columns were about things that went wrong right. uh, in the marketplace. And, of course, I always mentioned the name when it was a hero that really, yeah. you know, like we did today, yeah. building and, and, and delivered, you know, right. I mean, a fabulous experience. But otherwise, when I was writing about an experience, I specifically did not mention the company so that everyone who read that column, especially in that specific industry, thought I was talking about them. Interesting. And therefore, whatever the lesson was, they took it to heart yeah. and said, maybe they're talking about our company. I remember specifically a, a landscaping nursery that I was talking about. It was one that was extremely successful. 
and um, really, I guess, had enough customers because never responded to my query. Here I had money in hand. I had my my lawn that I wanted to have you know, transformed, right. and never responded to, I'd like a bid, I'd like you to come out and see it, and that's what prompted me to write the article. But when, <sighs> I, uh, when it was published, I heard from four other nurseries in town. One took the article and did a training session on it mm. uh, with their staff, because you know what? This article could be about our company. Yeah. The second one threatened to pull all their advertising from the paper because they were afraid we were talking about them. Oh, my heavens. And the others just said, thanks for the heads up. Thank you for, you know, we're going to school on this. And so it really has to do with the culture. And, um, you know, one that is service-driven will welcome those opportunities to leap tall buildings and to learn how to do it better. And it's just... It's amazing. Well, you, it's amazing to hear Rob tell that story yeah. for 18 years. How the impact of that, and you could still hear his anger. Oh no, he's, uh, you should have seen him. Yeah, we had to we had to restrain him. <laughs> so, how much better would it be to sit here and talk about all the people that do it right? You know, well, yeah, uh, that would probably take about five minutes. Exactly, and then when we're done with that, wrong, unfortunately. But even when you look at the four, um, like the four companies that responded to your letter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was one you chose that that's the one that you had to write the letter about. But then there was one that actually went and learned about it. And then there's one that just basically threatened retaliation. Right. And then there's some that just said, that's nice, but we don't know what they, I mean, that's kind of, when you look at the statistics of it, we can all be offended when somebody calls us non-serving, even this is even true in marriage. And yet whatever they're saying, there's something to be learned. So from Always. from your experience, there's something to be learned, and it seems like really one organization went about learning. What's interesting out of the out of the people that responded, it was never the one that I was actually writing about. Really, and then there's some that are just flat out ignorant to it. it they didn't it, even know you. Oh yeah, they're not talking about us. Then it's not us. Yeah, we do a great job, so it can't be about us. So it it is. It is interesting. And, of course, those collections of those marketplace challenges and issues yeah. was in my first book, my, my second book. And I love, Matt, being able to say, my second book. I know. Doesn't that feel good? <laughs> Doesn't that feel good? Uh, is, is really taking that level of what I call service enthusiasm to the next level uh, and turning the lights on with outrageous, courageous, and highly contagious service enthusiasm. I love and that. So, Perhaps now would be a great time to differentiate between what customer service and service enthusiasm is all about. And the difference. Let's do it. In fact, let's actually take a break now so then we we can come back and you'll have more time. We'll we'll take a break with Susan Brooks and we're going to come back. She's going to be discussing outrageous, courageous, and highly contagious. Is that what it's called? You got it. You did it. It's going to be good. (laughs) In the right order, no less. I know. It's because I saw the notes. Um, But Susan Brooks is sticking with us. We're learning about how to create better customer service. And this is true in everything you do. This is true in life. It's not only just a business paradigm. It's also a life paradigm. We're going to be back with Susan right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. A mission to Pluto turns into cosmic dodgeball when scientists discover new moons on the way to their target. 
This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. Pluto wasn't discovered until 1930, and we're still learning new things about it, including the fact that it's not at all alone out there. No, Pluto has a posse, and just this year, we discovered a fifth moon orbiting Pluto. That moon was completely unknown when New Horizons blasted off in 2006. The original flight plan assumed a course skimming closely between Pluto and its largest moon, Charon. But only now do we know it's heading into a cosmic dodgeball game with five moons, many smaller chunks of ice and rock, perhaps even a ring system around Pluto. After an almost 11-year flight, is the mission doomed even before it can get close enough for a good photo op? And maybe the new finds are a good thing. Can the mission be updated to also get data about these latest discoveries? The mission planning team has less than a thousand days to try to master the orbits of the new objects, adjust course to avoid debris clouds, and steer new horizons to play dodgeball between Pluto and Charon, which is about the size of Texas. That's gonna leave a mark. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Welcome to 1962 in a town called Granite Flats where everyone is friendly and everything is normal almost there are things that need to stay secret you ever seen anything like this oh sir it's pretty space age she thought it was aliens yes she did holy cow G-Men don't go getting paranoid on me Johnny Sanders watch an all new episode of Granite Flats this Sunday at 6 Eastern 4 Mountain on BYU TV Welcome back, friends. Trying to give you some great customer service here on the Matt Townsend Show. If you have any complaints, please contact our executive producer, Rob, at... uh, I thought you were going to say me. No way, Skyway. Because the complaints will be about you. Uh, I mean that in the best way possible. (laughs) 1-855-CHAT-BYU. 1-855-CHAT-BYU is our phone number. Here's what we'd love to hear about. I would love to hear... About uh, right now, let's just go with a little horror stories of the horror stories you have of customer service. Now, we could go with the solutions, and that would be really fun and uplifting, which I would normally do. But we've already got Susan Brooks on the line. And who needs more fun and uplifting when you got, you know, we got the pro here. So instead, if you would like to give us a call, one eight five five chat byu we would love to hear... One of your stories, a horror story about customer service gone awry, where they had so many chances to fix it, and they just kept blowing it. Give us a call, one eight five five chat byu If you get on the show today, we'll give you a copy of my book, uh, Starve Stuff, Feeding the Seven Basic Needs of Healthy Relationships. And maybe we can even get Susan to give one of her books as well um, to also to some of our callers. So, uh, we're we're going to ask Susan to join us again. Susan Brooks is the founder, former CEO of a multi-million dollar retail corporate gifting company. She sold that, took her billions of dollars, and went into changing the world one service department at a time. Is that true, Susan? Boy, that sounds really good. That was my that was and is my mission, absolutely. It, and it's a neat mission, actually. Well, having been in the trenches, I know that, uh, you know, having a vision of doing the right thing and serving no matter what, 
uh, is what it's all about, right. and translating that vision so that it happens with the call, phone call to uh, the person that uh, delivers the gift to all of the parts in between. So you get it. Um, hopefully I can help other companies make that happen as well. well which is why you've written two books. First book you wrote, Serves You Right, yes. uh, which kind of addresses, I guess, kind of the, the service culture paradigm that we have. Yes. And now you've written another book, soon to be released, Outrageous, Courageous, and Highly Contagious. And Correct. you were going to start to teach us what that's all about. Well, the book is published, Matt. Oh, it is? So I thought you. Oh, I, I thought this was to be announced. Like, it, it, it's out. It, it's out. It came out in October. Oh, man. And it's I legit. sent you one, and I don't know what whether or not you, you received it, but it was sent to your attention, and I'd love to know Ooh. what you think well, about it. Well, you know it. what? I would love to have it. And uh, you know what? I'm going to go check right now with our customer service department. There uh, you go. <laughs> Rob Sanders, paging Rob Sanders. Oh, I'll let you do that off the air. Yeah. How's that? Darn it. No, I wanted well, everyone to hear the crackdown. I got it. I I understand. <laughs> I would love that. Well, I, I think it's important to recognize the importance of service because service, as we've talked about so far today and as we will talk about forever, right. is the foundation for everything we do. And that's everywhere you look. It's not only about serving yourself uh, first because, as my grandmother used to say, after me, you come first. Uh, the reason is that, especially for women, and you might ask Marnie about it. I know, this. totally. She, so she says it every day. Uh, there you go. Well, I'd pay attention to that I if I were you. But it's really hard because women especially take care of everyone else before they take care of themselves. Right. So, uh, serving partners, which is really important because obviously that's where the communication is critical. No one is a mind reader. And so how to serve, how to embellish and enhance a relationship requires a level of communication and intention. Uh, and of course, a win-win solution is always the answer on that. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, serving customers, both inside your company and outside the customers that actually do the transactions. And that's a real interesting uh, challenge because Many companies would rather be right. Again, I refer right. back to the story that Rob was telling about uh, Big Bank Anonymous or the auto shop that uh, promised one bill and charged him four times that amount. So it's about really listening to the right way and the way to keep that customer that makes the difference. And then, of course, there's about serving community and you know, as I referred earlier with our news, the way that it is right now, whether it's the Boston Marathon or um, this whole issue going on and around about guns, yeah. uh, I saw a beautiful quote today from Fred Rogers. Do you remember? Mm -hmm. I, Rogers, no, I love Matt? him. Yeah, he because I was a latchkey kid. I would watch Fred, Mr. Rogers, every That's day right. after school. He got me That's through right. my childhood. <laughs> I mean, he got many people through their childhood, and uh, we lost him, I think, at an early age. Yeah. But his quote was, when I was a boy, I would see scary things in the news. But my mother would say to me, look for the helpers, Fred. You will always find people who are helping. Mm. That's service. Totally. That's when you saw service. that in the in the explosion... Absolutely. I mean, you see the helpers are the ones running to help. And I mean, most of us would just run. That's normal. We're all going to run. So I don't 
judge anyone for running away from a bomb. But there is something powerful when, on 9-11 when firefighters run up in, the helpers, or on in Boston at the marathon when people run to the danger. That's powerful. That it's selfless. Very, very powerful. And uh, serving community, being a good neighbor, you know, what does mm-hmm. that look like for you? And, of course, safety being such an important part of our lives has such a presence now. You know, how, how can we build back that level of trust? I mean, my growing up was... Ozzie and Harriet and playing in the front yard, and now we have children that don't get much fresh air. They don't get the recess in schools anymore because of safety issues, and uh, obviously technology has kind of moved in there. So how do we create community uh, with our our neighbors and those issues that are important to us? Mm -hmm. And then, of course, serving cause, serving something bigger than, than you are, serving in a passionate way for social injustice that that moves you to action. And that really is the basis of outrageous, courageous, and highly contagious. Is the cause having company. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm just thinking, so is having a cause is, um, I mean, because those words, outrageous, courageous, and highly contagious, that's hard to do if your heart is not connected to a deeper yes, a, a deeper purpose. Absolutely. And when you look at what service is all about, you can't mandate that. You no. can't go and tell your staff, you will give great service today. Right. Uh, why? Because service is an act of the heart. Yeah. And when the heart is engaged, what was it again, you know, uh, Studs Terkel. I'm sure you don't know who that no. is because he's an oral historian from way back. Oh, wow. But he said, in fact, he was a fabulous radio personality. You might want to oh, check I gotta that out. What was his name? Stubbs? Studs? Studs. S-T-U-D-S. Turkle, T-E-R-K-E-L. <laughs> and he was saying that people really don't want to work for companies. No. They want to work for causes. Yeah. That's, so I mean, when they, that's when true. When your staff really understands the purpose and the vision of why you are doing this radio show or what the purpose of your mission is in your company, uh, then they will get behind that in a much bigger way than... And it's a job mentality, and that's mm-hmm. what we were talking about earlier, that numbness for compassion, the the objective of moving things quickly through the day, the to-do list, versus why you're really here. Well, that's so. the idea, huh? I can get your back. I can hire your back to just come in and move the widgets and do what you got to do, moving the widgets, making the donuts, making the donuts. But if I want your heart, you're saying... Mm-hmm. I got to somehow connect it to a deeper cause, to a deeper purpose inside you. So it's actually, it's real. It's not a contrived protocol that they wrote for me exactly. to say to you. It's not scripted. Mm-hmm. It's real. And you, thank you, Matt, because you just gave me the perfect segue into um, explaining my book, Outrageous, Courageous, and High. First of all, I love saying it. I do too. Uh, and we had to get the words in the right order because it does start with an outrageous idea. And we all have those ideas. Yeah. Mostly, according to uh, Nolan Bushnell, he's the founder of Atari. He says, let me get the, the quote exactly right. Atari, says, by the way, great, uh, great little computer system. That made my childhood. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> he says, everyone who has ever taken a shower has had an idea. It's the person who gets out of the shower, dries off, and does something about it that makes a difference. That's good. So I'm sure that Atari started 
while he was lathering up in the shower. And the fact is he was able to take that idea, that thought, which can be both scary uh, and exciting all at the same time. And physiologically, the body doesn't know the difference. It's the head, the mind that makes the difference. So you have this great idea and you're thinking, wow, maybe... And again, it's all about how can I serve? Where, where is the open space in the marketplace that this idea might really tap into uh, some important mindset or action? But then what happens is the day goes on, the phone rings, the traffic, yeah. the blah, 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 and the ideas go down the drain. So what the difference is, is the courageous act of moving forward in spite of what your mind might tell you is a ridiculous idea. They're going to laugh at me. I'm going to fail. And, mm-hmm. you know, ridic- all of those things and say, you know what? Let me pursue this. Let me, what would be my first, who could I call? Who could I, what would, how would I move this forward? So it's the outrageous plus the courageous. And once the idea literally manifests into reality, and it can be, again, something, it doesn't have to be Atari or Apple computer. It can be, I'm going to go check on my neighbor who I haven't seen in a long time. And maybe, maybe even though there's a barking dog and six children in the yard, I'm going to go over there and buckle up my courage and see if there's a way that I can, I can serve. And what ends up happening is that story goes round and round because people notice the outrageous. Yeah, totally. People notice those people that are living life completely and fully and are in their self with a capital S, their authentic self. And what ends up happening is you go viral. That's the contagion. You become highly contagious, and all of a sudden, wherever you go, you inspire. Wherever you go, you motivate. Wherever you go, people notice. Well, and that's the new economy, right, Susan? I mean, now I don't need billions of dollars to reach people now. I have Twitter. I have Facebook. I have – and now I can actually have people – that can hear my message. I just put a quote out on my Facebook page and I don't have a ton of people on my Facebook page, but I, it reached by have people sharing. I had 12,500 plus people sharing. That's a lot of people. No, but guess what? It reached a million people. Matt, what was the quote? Um, great question. Uh oh, sorry. Well, it was kind of a quote. It was it was actually a really interesting quote about. I'm going to find it. So I'm going to find it, and um, I, you'd think I'd have it memorized. Look at all these quotes you have memorized. But I, you know, I'm just happy to be here today, Susan. Well, I'm a wordsmith, and so you, you know, words inspire me, and I, I hope that my words inspire others to step up in their own lives. Because when I sold my company three years ago. You know, all of a sudden, my identity, my purpose, my, my, uh, now what? What happens now? What's the next chapter? What's right. the next thing? And so I went on the hunt looking for those people that are serving with gusto, passionate about serving bigger than themselves, and completely committed to their own truth, their own authenticity. And that level of full-out self-expression gets them noticed. These are everyday people that I've written about in this book, Mm -hmm. uh, from China to Pakistan to Australia to Scottsdale, Arizona. Love it. uh, You know, all different types of people, 
doing what's important to them in their life and and making that difference. That's, oh, yeah. That's why we're here. Okay. Well, we're going to take a break, Susan. I'm going to find that quote, by golly. I can't and, wait. and I totally think that is why we're here. We're trying to make a difference, lift the world. Um, and the neat thing about it is we can do it, one act of service at a time. Absolutely. And, and one really excited purpose at a time. We're talking to Susan Brooks, the author of Outrageous, Courageous, and Highly Contagious. We'll be back to uh, find out a little bit more from her about her book and her uh, her motivating style to, to make things happen in our lives. This is the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. KBYU FM HD2 Provo. On This'll Take a While, host Dean Duncan brings you captivating and often digressive conversations about hockey, books, geography, art, and pretty much anything else that strikes his fancy. You know how they're the great big blockbusters, the films that everyone has to see, and I'll bet we've all enjoyed those. And then there are the small, profound things that are harder to distribute, and yet they are kind of disproportionately powerful. So tune in to This Will Take a While, weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Photos and video of two suspects the FBI is looking for in relation to the Boston Marathon bombing are now available to the public. Investigators are still not sure if the bombs were planted by foreign or domestic threats. Rescue crews working diligently to search for survivors in West Texas after an explosion at a fertilizer plant last night say there could be as many as 40 fatalities. The blast caused a 2.2 magnitude tremor. The man suspected of sending letters containing the deadly poison ricin to President Obama and a senator has been arrested and charged. He says he sent the letters in an attempt to expose what he believes is a conspiracy to sell human body parts on the black market. Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid put the gun control bill officially on hold today, saying the issue will be put aside as the Senate takes a pause from the measure. The bill essentially flopped yesterday after a vote failed to end a Republican filibuster. A new bill addressing cybersecurity passed in the House today. The measure will allow the government and companies to more easily share information about potential cyber threats. Critics are worried individuals' private information will not be sufficiently protected. The infant mortality rate in the U.S. dropped 12 percent from 2005 to 2011. Researchers say the welcome news could be due in part to fewer premature births. World News North Korean leaders say they are willing to have a dialogue with other world powers if the United Nations will call off crippling sanctions. This could mean an end to the last two weeks of near-constant threats of military action. Venezuelan president-elect Nicolas Maduro is facing increasingly divided opinions on his election victory. Many South American leaders are rushing to recognize him officially, while national opposition and U.S. authorities are calling for a recount. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about service and the importance of service. And uh, we've got our great guest on, Susan Brooks, the author of a new book, Outrageous, Courageous, and Highly Contagious. 
Also, Zumba extraordinaire with her husband. And uh, Susan, you on the line with us still? I am. And Barry is one of the chapters in this book, is by he? the way, Matt. The is, Zumba king, as I call okay. him. Okay. Is he, is he outrageous, courageous, or highly contagious? Well, being that he's going to be 70 years old and he's teaching up to 20 classes of Zumba every week, I think that's pretty outrageous. That is outrageous. <laughs> like, shouldn't he be just, I don't know, kicking back? No, no, no time for that. You don't Every want that, do you? Count. And do you know, Matt, you know who he's serving? He's serving um, from boomers up. Oh, so but literally, he has uh, an elderly clientele that some of them are wheelchair-bound, uh, and he brings light to their day. He gets them moving and getting to feel good about themselves wherever they are in their last few years. Uh, and he has people as old as 105, and he has boomers in, the, in mm. their late 60s, but most of them are in their 80s, and uh, they line up and they wait for him, and he goes in with his raspberry pink pants and his neon <laughs> shirt and puts on the music, plays their music. And, oh, that's it's great. A beautiful thing. Well, it really is a beautiful thing. I mean, that's what's so powerful about service is right. you not only change the world, you motivate the world, but... You, you're actually, um, you get compensated, I guess, emotionally Absolutely. the minute you're doing it. And then others get compensated. I mean, so it's, it's like a real-time transaction where you immediately can just be fed. You know, the best part for me is after, you know, we're married a lifetime. I'm yeah. more than 46 years. Wow. I'm not that old myself. Oh, that's great. But it was an arranged marriage. Well, you I were 12. Free. I understand. <laughs> But, um, you know, when, he, when we, as we were obviously both of us running our company for 30 years, and mm. you know what? It never was what he loved to do. It was uh, challenging. He's not a businessman type. He's, yeah. he's a server. And so to watch him wake up every morning excited, and he leaves, he can't wait. He just loves his oh, life. He loves yeah. what he's doing. You know, got to dance, yeah. got to dance, yeah. you know, and out he goes. Uh, it's it's really fabulous and should be for everyone at all ages to feel good about how they serve and how they impact the world and what their legacy is while they're here, while we're here. No, absolutely. I, by the way, I found that quote uh, oh, that yeah. was so famous. It's from Jeffrey Holland, um, and he, he says, imperfect people are all God has ever had to work with. That must be terribly frustrating to him, but he deals with it. So should we. <laughs> And and so if, if you know it's true. So here God's it trying to deal true. with all of us so messed up and just trying to and yet here's the irony your husband in a successful business which for you was probably super hyper challenging exciting what you loved and were invigorated to go Absolutely. do. Absolutely. And he has never given up. Okay, I'll do it. You know, we'll do it and I'll do it with love and we'll make it happen and yet on the side he goes and changes lives through Zumba. Yeah, exactly. And raspberry-colored pants. Well, you know, when I did research in finishing this second book, I discovered a person by the name of Bronnie Ware, Hmm. and she is an Australian um, hospice nurse, and she was caring for patients in the last 12 weeks of their lives. Yeah, I've heard of the study. Yeah, talk about that. Well, it was amazing because she had to notice her patients' dying epiphanies. Mm. And she was able to organize it in the top 
five regrets that keep kept coming up as people were in their transitionary phrase and their stage of their life. And so there are five regrets. One is, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Yeah. And that's so interesting because now, even though we have technology to make our lives easier, it's an ever-present force right. in our lives that keep us working 24-7. And I go out and I notice people are with each other, but they're texting instead of being in the, in the moment. You know, So I wish I hadn't worked so hard. The second regret was, I wish I stayed in touch with my friends. Interesting, because of course here technology shines with the internet. We can regroup with people we went to high school with, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and reconnect and really um, allow that, that presence. But here are the biggest ones, the three, the three that I love. Yeah. I wish I were true to my dreams oh, instead wow. of what was expected of me. So using Barry, I, I hope he approves of this, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> you know, Barry came from parents that survived the Depression. Yeah, right. So f- for him, uh, their expectation was that he get a 9-to-5 secure, um, sustainable lifestyle and job. And he, here is Barry, who is clearly an entrepreneur, whether he was running the multi-million dollar company that we own together or teaching Zumba. He cannot be contained like that. Right, no. But for most of his life, uh, Pay the man. Yeah. It, it's just interesting how many people do what other people expect Ugh. versus what they really wanted. Here's number four. I wish I let myself be happier. Now, isn't that yeah. interesting? That's because huge. Happiness, of course, is is that state of mind. It's fleeting, uh, but it is a choice. It is a choice. And many times people, when they're happy, they're like tentative and saying, well, when's the other shoe going to drop? When's the bad news coming? You know, just interesting that as people are about to leave the planet, uh, I wish I had let let myself be happier. And here's here's the one that I love the most, which really fit my book so perfectly. It said, I wish I had the courage to express my true self. Because once again, when an employee, using that as an example, uh, though it can be in a marriage or in a friendship, when uh, you're really afraid to let that silly part of you or that scary part of you, the part that, that, oh my heavens, you know, I have a son and a grandson this weekend that are swimming uh, from Alcatraz mm. uh, on this, this benefit to create water safety. I mean, you know. Were, were they arrested, said, Really? Susan? You're going to go in that water? You're going to swim? Alcatraz is not a resort, you know? You don't, <laughs> I know. People what are don't you thinking? That. Oh, that's but crazy. That's their true self. That's right. what they really want to do, that adventurous spirit. Uh, and instead, you know, maintain the script and maintain the expectations of others. And that's the advantage of serving with all your heart because you see your real self comes out. Wow, that is, I mean, when you think about it too, it, what's great about that is it shows our final wishes. We, we also have this incredible clarity, like the last two, I wish I let myself be happier. Right. It's like on our deathbed, it, it finally dawns on us that it's been our choice right. the entire time. Exactly. And then the other one, I wish I had the courage to have made the choice or to have expressed my true self. Exactly. It's huge. And so in writing this book, I was committed to uh, being the messenger because the 25 stories that 
I share about people doing big things uh, in their world. It doesn't have to be being a, a Steve Jobs, for example. Right. It could be something that's that's big within the world that they live in. Yeah, Zumba. And, I mean, that, Zumba for all of these people is a big deal. And that's a big them. deal it in Barry's world. That's huge. I think that's Absolutely. wonderful. Absolutely. And, and, you know, once again, it just really gives yourself that permission to step up. And, of course, the hardest part for me in writing this book, because I carried this second book around, I would say, for at least five years, yeah. how am I going to tell this story, inspire this story, and where is my story in all this? And I really assumed the role as a, a messenger mm-hmm. to the people that inspired me with how, how, how they lived their life so fully, and then weaved my own story in and throughout each section of the book, which Wonderful. took a lot of courage. Yeah, because, totally. You know, what are people going to think? And, what, and, and it's not about me. It's about... So, you know, you wrestle with that because it took me so long to write the book, but when I got it, when I got that format and structure... The book was written after 24-7 uh, in five months. Oh, and man. So here you didn't even know it was out. And no, I, mean, I know. I, by the time I spoke to you, I know. you were, where it is now. Oh, my heaven. See, you were cooking. Oh, listen, I've already sold 400 copies. What can I say? Well, and that's part of the power, I think, too, is once it's, once it's coming out of your heart, yep. it, it moves faster than when it's coming out of your head. Absolutely, Matt. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely true. Absolutely. I love that, Susan. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a big hit. There's on your website. Th- by the way, if you you need to go check out Susan's website, www.servesyourright.net, and on there they can find um, a link to outrageous, courageous, and highly contagious. But right. on your site, there's this quote: "Many demolitions are actually renovations." Exactly. That's a uh, by Rumi, and um, Rumi. Mm. I. I think it's a book that's kind of long needed, and and it's I think it's going to be fascinating too. Like just weaving in um, the hospice nurses' research, for example, exactly, and then the stories, and then you and we need more outrageous people. And it sounds it sounds like it would destabilize us. Look at look at what we just have been seeing in the news. It's outrageous, but not courageous. Mm-hmm. And not highly contagious. It's mm-hmm. just outrageous. It's crazy. Crazy. And crazy is different than I think you're getting to. Um, you're talking about the true power of a human being to to be a generative, kind of innovative person versus just putting up with society, putting up with what doesn't work. You're, you're talking about bring energy to the world instead of just consuming it. And, and change it for all the right reasons. Yeah. Because once again, when we give ourselves permission, whether it's that 14-year-old girl that uh, wanted to fit in and stayed like that for the next 30 or 40 years, or whether it's, it's the young man that believes that um, earning a living is the same thing as following a dream, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes it's that wake-up call that says, you know what? I'm here for a bigger purpose, yeah. and uh, and this is what I've always wanted to do. And you know what I find, Matt? It's what? amazing how many people wait to be happy. Yeah. Oh, as soon as I pay for my college, my kid's college, Tomorrow. or as soon as I retire, or right. as soon as I have X amount of dollars in the bank, then I'm going to be happy. Then I'm going to do what I really want to do. And you know, we don't know. No. We don't know how many breaths we're given. No. You go to the Boston Marathon, and boom. All you know, of a sudden. Just don't know. So no. 
Don't wait to be happy. Step it up. Step into your world and serve with all your heart. It's what we're here for. Good work, Susan. Love it. I can hardly wait to go uh, shake down Rob for my book and see (laughs) where my book went. Susan Brooks, you're the best. Again, go look up Susan at servesyourright.net. And especially go start checking out her book, Outrageous, Courageous, and Highly Contagious. Susan, appreciate you, and uh, we're gonna, I'm sure we'll have you on again. Thank you, Matt. Take care, Susan. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Great stuff. And really, boy, the power of your heart to kind of motivate you and find direction, find inspiration. Boy, what could be better than that? We're going to take a break and come back and uh, see if we can't motivate you a little bit more. To make the change you need as a servant, as a healer of this world, boy, the world needs another healer, don't they? Giving you some tools right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. You might tune in to Traveling with Eric Dowdle for the tips, the trivia, or for the picturesque descriptions. But personally, my favorite part has to be the stories. I was in the water no longer than, I don't know, 20 seconds and surrounded by turtles. Face to face with this turtle. And if he reaches out and takes a snap of me, I'm disfigured for turtle a long bait. time. Yeah. I've never heard anybody horrified by turtles before. Right? <laughs> well, go ahead and kiss a turtle and see how that works. I mean, this thing was huge. Join us for Traveling with Eric Dowdle weekdays at 9 p.m. Eastern here on BYU Radio. Why not get your business involved as a sponsor of Cougar Sports on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and BYUTVSports.com. For details, call 801-422-1448 or email corporate support at BYU.edu. Taking a look at the movie that portrays the recently deceased Margaret Thatcher, I'm Rod Gustafson. Veteran actress Meryl Streep takes on the role of the formidable British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher in The Iron Lady. Known for her feisty interactions in Parliament, Thatcher refuses to be corralled by the male members of her government. If the right honourable gentleman could perhaps attend more closely to what I am saying, rather than how I am saying it, he may receive education in spite of himself. Personally, I was surprised this film didn't do better in award circles. Meryl Streep's performance is very solid, and it also is more than just a historical recounting of Thatcher's political achievements. It focuses on the final years of her life and her battle with Alzheimer's. There is some violent historical footage, some profanities, and frequent alcohol use. It's rated PG-13. The Iron Lady is available on home video, and you can get all the details at Parent Preview Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Just got a little gentle nudge from Skyboy as he thrust his finger into my face. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, Great customer service there. It really was. (laughs) You got me right on time. Appreciate uh, Susan Brooks and uh, her great work there. We also, you know, a show would not be complete if we didn't have the BLT on. You know, one day you'll guess my middle name, and then what are you going to do? Then the joke will be over. <laughs> but it doesn't start with an L. No, it he doesn't. Only, he it's only Bryce guesses L names. Leroy so Tobin. No, I would never. It doesn't start with an L. Doesn't. Why? That's so disappointing. Um. Could you I, work on that? I can. You want to get? I think in the state of Utah, it's like 150 bucks. Go to a judge and get your name legally changed. Yeah, right. Get Matt Townsend it. will give me that money. 
You could say Bryce, Bend it on something. Little Matt Townsend. Little. If, if I change to that, will you pay for it? No. Okay, well, then it's not happening. No. I wouldn't pay for that. I have that name. It's not that great. <laughs> anyway, um, I like those little moments right there where you're all like, is he going to talk? And I sometimes don't. Bryce uh, had a unique opportunity a while ago to volunteer. Right, Bryce? I certainly did. And it, it, it sounds like it, it shocked you that it actually turned out to be a good thing. Um, well, it's we'll more, see. we'll see, right? Yeah, let's just see. Story time. I was a gangly little high school kid living in Dallas when Hurricane Katrina hit. About a month after the storm cleared, the call for volunteers reached all the way down to my part of the country. So my dad and I got together with a bunch of other people and we hit the road for New Orleans. It felt like any other road trip through the south in early October. Green, hot, and swampy. That is, until we got to the outskirts of New Orleans. The normal road trip progression toward a major metropolitan area goes from rural to suburbs to the city itself, and on the way there, there's these subtle signs of population increase. You don't notice or even think about this stuff while you're driving. There will be more cars on the road, more stoplights, more businesses, and bigger parking lots with cars parked and people walking back and forth as trucks deliver stuff from place to place. All this is going on right now, and you haven't given it a single thought in weeks. But I promise you'll notice when it's gone. Shopping malls look like creepy capitalist temples without foot traffic, cars, or electricity. And the creepiness only got worse as we drove past areas where there was flooding. When you see movies like The Terminator or Escape from New York or The Omega Man, and there's cars everywhere and you think, who just left these cars all over the place? I can now say that these are perfect representations of the post-apocalyptic cityscape. The flooding would lift these cars and just distribute them wherever, up against walls, on their side, under other cars with no concern for streets, sidewalks, or lawns. It was really creepy creepy to drive through. So then we got to the volunteer camp, we set up a tent, and we slept. Once we got up the next day, we went and grabbed our assignment for our team. And our first assignment was a house that had to be somewhere around 100 years old, and it was near downtown. They needed some trees cleared out of their backyard, and some insulation and drywall had some water damage, and that needed to be removed before everything started rotting and ruined the rest of the house. We took care of it in about two hours, and it was pretty easy stuff. This volunteer trip down to New Orleans wasn't looking that tough. Then we went to our second assignment, the house of a nurse who is a former single mom, now an empty nester in her 50s. Her entire house got flooded a month ago and things were still moist. We took a look at everything and figured we had to gut it all and throw it away. There was just no way to salvage a month of rot. While we were figuring out what to do and where to start, the owner came by. She was really nice and sweet, and she chatted with us for a bit. We told her what we were planning on doing. She agreed that everything was probably ruined, and the best chance for the house was to clear it all out. So we set to work removing drywall, insulation, carpets, furniture. The whole job was dirty, nasty work, and there was a lot of it for everyone. The owner would wander around every now and then, and if we found anything salvageable, we'd bring it by her and see if she wanted to keep it, and then we'd chat for a little bit. Even though her life was essentially destroyed a month ago, she was in high spirits, all things considered. The job was mostly hard labor until we got to the closets where she stored boxes full of stuff. Boxes had long since disintegrated in the water, and we had to go through everything by hand. And you would be surprised what you can learn about someone by going through their stuff. We learned that the owner wasn't a single mom per se. Her husband died a few years ago, and everything she kept of his was moldy and rotten. Just from his stuff, we learned that he was a big guy. I had to throw away several pairs of size 16 shoes. As a teenager, it was pretty cool to figure out that he played video games in his spare time. We also had to throw away his golf clubs. He was a lefty. I was a pretty heavy place to stand in. Not only was I there breaking down the material world she spent years building, but I was holding and having to discard the physical remnants and memories of her late husband and her kid's childhood. 
It took us a few hours to clear everything out and the house looked like it would survive, but it's just one of those things. You can't help someone out and not be affected. There were other houses, there were other lessons during my time there, but nothing quite like that one house. For me, it hit me not to get too attached to your stuff. I don't remember the lesson as much as I used to, but it's still there. Wow. Did you feel something, Matt? I did. And whenever I come back and say, wow, you know what that means? Tell me, Matt. I liked it. Good. That was amazing. Where was the rant? Uh, I don't think that worked for today. Do you know why? I, I think I do. What do you think? Goodness burnt it out of your crusty heart. There is a heart somewhere <laughs> deep inside me. That was goodness. Somewhere. See, so the answer is goodness. Goodness loses the rant. Yeah. You couldn't rant if you wanted to right now. I couldn't. Too many good feels going on. This is good. By the way, you've also used gangly a lot. Yeah, it's kind of on my mind, I guess. You're not gangly. Not anymore. No, you're awkwardly stretched. <laughs> but I wouldn't say gangly. No, really, that was that. I think that goes down in history as my favorite uh, anything you've ever done. Okay. Do you, my favorite. You're very welcome. Skyboy, do you have a comment on that? Nope. <laughs> Good to have you here, Skyboy. <laughs> Merritt, how about you? Did you did you enjoy that? I did enjoy it. Is he not the man? He is the man. <laughs> like that really, honestly, that hands down. So here's the new, here's the new deal. Maybe less rant. I don't know. I, well, okay. And more love. More Maybe love. more ruminate. I don't know. That was really hard to do today. Was it hard? It was really did hard. it drain you? Well, it, it didn't flow. You know. Well, you, but I think it flowed pretty well. Well, it it ended up flowing. But it was plus it's a, it feels good and it's true. It is very true. Man, I'm telling you, Bryce, that was a shocker right there. Not, I mean, not, and I'm not saying you, you're not capable of that again. I don't know. You do work with me. so. But I also, okay, here's your challenge. We may be done with, with rants. I mean, I know it's a great bit and all, but I kind of like the good feel. But maybe we ought to have every once in a while, one and four, let's pull out a ruminate. Okay. Three rants and a ruminate. Is ruminate your middle name, by the way? No. <laughs> okay, I'm just checking. That'd be a cool middle name. Just throw out adjectives, just so you know if you do that, it won't work. Okay. It's, it sounded good. Okay, ready for some quotes? Definitely. Name the, name the person that says this, okay? This is a service Let's quote. Let's play Guess What Matt's Thinking. <laughs> You'll know the quote. Okay. I mean, this is obvious. <laughs> Only a life lived in service to others is worth living. Let's see. Um, uh, what is it, Matt? No, who? Guess who that? Guess who said that? Gandhi. Oh. Guess who said it? Gordon Hinckley. Nope. I can't buzz myself. (laughs) (laughs) You can't because nobody knows you're buzzing yourself, but the three of us here. I can buzz others, but not my okay. Merritt, get over there and get ready to buzz him. Um, Albert Einstein. Oh, ow. Like, think of that. Would you think, oh, that quote's Albert Einstein. But only a life lived in service to others is worth living. Albert Einstein, smart cat, knows a lot of stuff. The only life worth living, one where you serve others. That's good on him. He's good. a smart guy. You can trust him. Totally trust him. Check this one out. Now see if you know this one's smarty pants. The best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. Um, uh, Margaret Thatcher. Well, isn't that a scripture, first of all? Sounds like one. That's like a that's like a Bible scripture, but that's not who it was attributed Pope, Pope to. Pope Pius, who's the new guy? Is that what it is? Pope Francis. 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 Pi- oh, I know who Pius was. He was a bad guy. Keep going. Yeah. Sorry, wrong that's, Pope. That's Pius. 
Uh, how about this one? I slept and dreamt that life was joy. I awoke and saw that life was service. I acted and behold, service was joy. Hmm? Are you liking these? I, I'm very lost. These aren't angry quotes, Matt. I don't. These aren't the quotes I read. Nothing liberates our greatness like the desire to help, the desire to serve. Marianne Williamson. Who's that? I don't even know who that Who's is. That? Oh, you don't? No. What? You don't watch Oprah? <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> I have. I have. I've had school for a long time. My daytime television decreased rapidly after age four. Yeah, but your video gaming's increased tenfold. <laughs> of course, got to compensate. You know what? Instead, get to Oprah. You'd learn more about Marianne Williamson. Marianne Williamson basically just teaches the way we get rid of the fear in life is love. So you don't counteract life with more fear and more anxiety, which is what we're going through on this earth right now with all these crazy things going on. I mean, a sad explosion in Texas. People are dying. The explosion in Boston. People are dying. That Life's hard, but you don't counteract it with fear. She would teach. Instead, you move forward with love. And the action of love in action, what do we call it? Service. See, Bryce, you turned the show. You're welcome. If we've done one thing today, turning the cold, crusty heart of Bryce Ruminate Tobin back into a soft jelly muffin, jelly-filled muffin. Let's see how long it lasts. (laughs) Uh, I'd rather it be filled with blood. Could we stick with that? (laughs) It probably has. It's probably jelly. You did great. Proud of you. Proud of your team. You did great. Hey, can I just tell you, your service was extraordinary. And by the way, have we received anything from any of the people we've talked about on the show? Not yet. Steaks? When we're done, I want you all to run to the doors and see if there are any steaks waiting for me. Can do. I'll go right now. Folks, this is the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks for joining us. Remember, it's about the people. It's about the people. In the end... You're going to need each other. We all need each other already. So uh, please stick with us. Stay with each other as well. This is the Matt Townsend Show, giving you the tools to love one another right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. You just listened to the Matt Townsend Show with host Matt Townsend here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Coming up next is Real Families, Real Answers. But first, here's the news with Sam McCall.